Have you ever really, really lost your cool on your kids? Like you said things that you didn't want to say, but they just kept pouring out of your mouth. You did things that you didn't want to do. And then later you felt really guilty and you wondered why you acted that way, why you lost your cool, why you keep losing your cool. If you've ever felt that way, then you definitely want to listen to today's episode with Elizabeth from the Emotionally Healthy Legacy podcast. She is a stress coach for Christian moms and a mom of four. She is passionate about mental health and emotional wellness and motherhood, and she supports stressed Christian moms in overcoming anger and embracing emotional stability, empowering them to leave an emotionally healthy legacy for their children's lives. Today, she is talking about mom rage and the root behind it and what you can do to overcome it, what you can do to support yourself physically and spiritually to overcome mom rage and stop feeling that guilt and actually show up as the mom that you were created to be. Let's dig in. Hey mama, welcome to the Nourished Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to find balance between homeschooling, housework, and all the other things. God is calling your family to a life of peace and goodness, even on those days when you're trying to remember why you chose to homeschool, you just want a minute to yourself, and you're overwhelmed with a million things to do. If you're ready for simple routines, time management strategies, and biblical mindsets to transform your days from on balance to intentional, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some independent work, or whatever is going to keep them engaged for the next 15 minutes while we dig into today's show. Today, we are welcoming Elizabeth from the Emotionally Healthy Legacy Podcast. Thank you for being here, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. So I, what I really want to know to get started is like, let people know, how did you get into this? How did you become a coach for moms, for stressed Christian moms who need to overcome anger? Where did it start? Well, I started with my own journey, <laughs> struggling in parenting myself. Um, I have four kids right now, but at the time I had three kids, three boys, uh, when I started to seek help. And I had my third boy was little curious George that would get into everything. I felt like I was, I was constantly on guard. I could not like rest for a second because he would climb the counters, get to the nights, just like you know, all the things. And a friend of mine recommended for me to go to counseling. And I resisted for a little bit because I thought, well, you know, I have it down with the older two, like what's wrong with me? You know, I should be able Mm -hmm. to figure this out. And I just felt like it was draining so much energy every day, trying to parent my son that I ended up going to counseling. It was not faith-based, but I was introduced to connective parenting. And I'm sure Many of you already heard about it, but it's like um, creating an emotional connection with your child. When we are emotionally connected, we're, they're a lot more likely to cooperate and then teaching them emotional regulation skills. So allowing them to feel the feelings, but keeping them safe and not like in teaching them skills, how to manage their emotions. Because when I grew up in a conservative Christian home, we were taught to just like 
go to your room and deal with it or just stop Mm -hmm. it, you know, stop being mad. And so I knew that I wanted to learn these tools and teach them to my kids. The problem was like, it all sounded so great in theory at the appointment and I would go home and my toddler's melting down and I feel triggered and I react in my old ways of doing. Mm -hmm. And you had such a great episode, 100, just recently um, on mindset, how we need to work on our mindset, right? And because our thoughts can contribute to us feeling more frustrated and agitated. Well, I started to learn about that. The problem was like in the heat of the moment, I could not remember any of it. I would just get all triggered and frustrated and just react in poor ways and sinful ways and raise my voice and scream and yell and want to physically hurt my child and get him to stop. And I felt like I was constantly like failing at being the mom that I wanted to be, being at the gentle, patient, compassionate, loving mom that I knew that God was calling me to be. And I was sharing that with one of my friends and she said, you know, how about you listen to this podcast? It was at that time, it was called The Purpose Show. Um, Her name was Ali Casaza and she taught a lot about, you know, who that is. She taught, I think she used to be a Christian or at least, you know, a lot of her content was like that in the past. And it was a lot about mindset and motherhood. And she was at that time promoting one of her programs, Unburdened. And it talked about how to, the program was for a mom who feels like she's constantly in reactive mode, how to create routines and structures to support your days for you to respond instead of react to your days. And just the messaging around it really resonated with me. I'm like, you know what? I think I might need this course. I've never bought courses before. I didn't know that was even a thing. And of course, my husband's like, oh, we don't have the money for it. Right. <laughs> and, and Allie, one of the things that she would teach in her either free trainings or her podcast, she's like, you are an action taking problem solving woman, you know, and I'm like, I was I was cried a little bit after he said no. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm an action taking problem solving woman. I'm going to figure out a way. How can I come up with the money for this course? Because at that time it was $99. And I ended up finding some things that I could sell in our home. And I came up with the money and I bought that course. And it really changed a lot in how I was showing up as a mom. It taught me healthy routines, healthy habits that supported my mental and emotional well-being. But the biggest thing that I learned from that course was to um, uh, structure my days in a way that supports me. And I learned that I need to get up before my kids in the morning. Yeah. If I get up with my kids and I jump into my day right away, I'm really reactive. But if I get up in the morning before my kids and I start my day off right and I pray and I read the Bible and I spend some time with God and maybe journal a little bit, um, maybe just sit in silence and just take some deep breaths and do that before my family gets up and have like half an hour to an hour to myself. When I started implementing that, I noticed a significant change in how I was feeling internally throughout the day and that my window of tolerance, how much I could handle with kids and uh, frustrations and stress levels and noise is significantly like increased. I was still getting frustrated here and there, but because I wasn't running a reactive mode and running an empty, I was daily filling my cup up on a regular basis before it got to empty. It was constantly filling it up in the mornings mm-hmm. with healthy habits and things that did serve me, not scrolling on my phone. I noticed how that was impacting my mental and emotional well-being. And that was 
allowing me to show up as the mom that I wanted to show up for my kids. I was had the space in my brain to remember the tools and the skills that I was learning that I could actually implement it with my kids. And that's when I thought, okay, I have to share with other moms. I can't just like keep all this information to myself. I have to share with other moms. And that's how my podcast was born, Emotionally Healthy Legacy. I can so relate to that. On the days where I make sure I have that time in the morning, there is like a drastic difference in how I relate and respond to the kids. And, you know, I, I've i been thinking about like the different spiritual disciplines that we do. And one of them, like solitude, right? Jesus went away to be alone mm-hmm. with God. Like this is something that's necessary for us. And it's not something that, you know, our culture really, yeah, we talk about like you have your quiet time, but like, do you really? Cause then you end up scrolling on Facebook or getting distracted with the dishes, but really having that solitude at that time of quiet, like I have noticed at, like every day that I don't have it, I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is a tough day, you know? Yes. You're so right. I think like if you've never done it, you don't know what you're missing, but mm-hmm. once you try it and then you don't do it, you notice a massive difference in how you feel mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and even physically throughout the day. Like it massively impacts. And there's even like, even just like studies show that reading a book for 10 minutes calms your nervous system massively. And reading the Bible for let's say 10 minutes in the morning calms your nervous system and stress response. Cause when you wake up, your stress levels are at its highest. And if you jump in your day into your day, let's say picking up your phone, which increases your stress response, Mm -hmm. seeing stuff on social media, or just like the blue light from the phone increases the stress and kids needing you and kids fighting and all of that increases your stress response. You flip your lid quite quickly versus Mm -hmm. if you spend time with God, you read, you pray, all of that calms your nervous system and lowers that stress response massively. And even just like spending time with God if we want to be more like him, we have to spend time with him, right? And so if we spend time with him, we are becoming more like him. We invite him into our day, into our process. Of course, he's going to support you throughout the day. Sure, we're still going to have our hard days here and there. But overall, you'll you'll notice, notice like a massive, massive, massive transformation in your days. I promise you. Yeah, I definitely agree. So you, you talk about how, you know, it was born from your own, your own, do you say mom rage or? Yeah. Yeah. So I will give you my first example of mom rage when I like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not know I could react like this. So my oldest was three and then my second one was a newborn and he was colic. If you've had a colic baby mama, Mm -hmm. you know, the amount of stress and how hard it that is and how that like bleeds into everything in your days. And when you're like constantly stressed out, trying to calm down a baby, you can easily feel agitated. You don't have time to go to the bathroom. You barely have any time to eat. You obviously barely have any alone time. And I remember he finally calmed down and he fell asleep and I put him in a swing and he was sleeping. And my three-year-old comes up to him and he picks up his hand and he bites his finger. Oh no. why? And I, this was the first time I like completely lost it and like freaked out. I just screamed at his face. Mm-hmm. What did you do? And I physically hurt him. I physically hurt him. I, and I felt so out of control in that moment. So out of control. And like, 
immediately, obviously he like runs away, screams and cries, like filled with this remorse. What did I just do? What is wrong with Mm -hmm. me? Like, how could I have done that to my kid? I never wanted to hurt him that way, but I felt literally out of control in that moment. And now knowing what I know now, I understand why that happened. And in that moment, I was so scared. I was scared of my own anger. I did not know I could react like that. I thought I was a pretty patient person. And then I had kids and this whole new side of me comes out that I never thought I had. And I, it wasn't something that was happening regularly yet. That was my first experience when I, when that was really scary. And then it would just happen once in a while with my Mm -hmm. kids. I think most of the time I was like, I was just constantly agitated and frustrated and just, you know, raise my voice and threaten and react a lot. Mm -hmm. But like the rage, it wasn't necessarily a daily thing for me, but it would come up once in a while. And every time it would, I felt so out of control and I felt so much shame and guilt and feeling like what's wrong with me? How, why can't I stop myself? And as I was learning more about emotional wellness and through counseling, and it just led me onto the path of like, what's going on in our brain with our emotions Mm -hmm. and how stress impacts and what causes stress and what does our thoughts do, you know, to our stress levels and anger and all of that. And so that's how it led me to anger because with moms, anger is when we're like, when we're like stressed out, we're like, oh, we're all stressed out. We're all feeling overwhelmed. We all say that. But when we say I felt rage and I felt out of control, that's when we're like, oh, that's serious. I actually need to do something about it because I'm hurting my kids and I'm hurting the relationships with my kids. And I don't want them to be estranged from me when we grow up because of all the hurtful things I've done and said when they were kids because I couldn't control my anger. So that's when moms typically... Um, and like that, that's who my heart is for, for that mama who's drowning in guilt and shame because she feels so out of control and she just wants to get a handle of this anger and doesn't know how. Right. Because I, I can totally relate to that. Like I've had those experiences and it's like the last thing that you want to do is hurt the people that you love. So like, what is it that makes moms experience that? that out of control anger? Yeah, that's a great question because there's a lot of things. It's not just one thing. And there's many things that can line up and lead up to that. But the main thing is that your brain is under a lot of stress in that moment. And it could be unmet needs. It could be um, like your thoughts and just things that you're going through, circumstantial, lack of support, feeling overwhelmed, the house is messy, you're hungry, you're running late, the kids are screaming, you're overstimulated. Like all of that creates a stress response in your brain and that leads you to feeling overreactive and I'll teach you quickly we have three parts of our brain that help us deal with emotions we have our thinking brain which is our logical problem solving part of the brain it's right behind our forehead you and I are in that part of the brain right now we can think clearly we can problem solve we can rationalize we can be respectful and um just be logical. And then we have our feeling brain, which is in the center of our brain. This is when we are getting dysregulated. We're feeling frustrated, agitated, you know, moody, and it comes out in a disrespectful tone. 
mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we all know that one towards our husband and our kids, you know, like where we're starting to raise our voice with our kids and just be a little bit, you know, unpleasant. We only see our perspective. Everyone else is wrong. I'm the only one who's right. And you talked about that in your podcast, a hundred episode, how you like, you want things done only your way when it's yeah. like cleaning or something like that. And like, when we're getting dysregulated, this is where we're at. We still can somewhat control our emotions and like our behaviors, but we're getting dysregulated. If we add more stress to that, and I'll mention things that add stress to that in just a little bit, but when we're adding more and more stress to that, that leads us to survival part of the brain, which is right in the back of our brainstem. And when we're there, the thinking brain is completely offline. Like it just shuts off. The one that helps you make good choices and is logical problem solving. And it's flight, fight, flight, or freeze. So you either fight mode with your kids and family. You either freeze and like you shut down. You're like, you don't know what to say or do. You just literally shut down. Or you flee and you're like, you know what, everybody do whatever you want. I'm out of here. Like, I don't want to deal with this. And I've done everything is too much. Yes. And so it's like one, one or three or the other. But for most of the moms that I work with, it is the fight mode. And that is when it's completely like you feel so helpless in that situation, whatever their circumstances as you're so helpless, you're overreacting in rage. And then rage is the flip side of helplessness. And so, um, and you feel so out of control, you know what you're doing is wrong and you can't stop yourself because the part of the brain that helps you stop is offline. So it's so important to catch yourself before you get to that. Mm. And like answering your question, what leads up to that? Well, for moms, oftentimes it's lack of sleep. When you're sleep deprived, you'll know you're a lot more agitated and frustrated. Why? Because your brain is focusing on your unmet needs instead of emotional regulation. When you're hungry, you're going to be a lot more easily agitated. If you're an introvert, if you had no time to decompress and recharge, you will be reactive. I'm an introvert. I'm highly sensitive. I need alone time every day to decompress. If you're overstimulated, just the music playing, the kids are running around, the washing machine and the baby screaming. And it's like overstimulation. Add the fact that you're hungry and tired and running late. <laughs> like, Well, running late, that could be a huge trigger. Like there's so many that you just need to know what your triggers are. And yes. like in my coaching container, we do a lot of proactive support. We're like for about the first six weeks of the coaching program, we do everything proactively to support yourself. So then we do the mindset work, right? And because all the mindset work, it's awesome and great. And if you're hungry and tired and you have lack of sleep and you you stay up late and you on social media scrolling constantly, all of that is not supporting you in your mindset. Mm -hmm. And um, so like, that's another one, like overstimulation, having your phone ding all the time. I teach moms to turn off their notifications on their phone right away. You're going to notice just to have more space. Mm-hmm. I was like, breakfast tends to be overstimulating for me. So I'm always like, okay, how can I like bring it in? Because I always tend to go into like control mode. Like now I'm like, hey, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. You're all being too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and this morning, that was the one thing, like my phone kept going off and off and off and off. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And Silas, my older one is like, what? I'm like, I just, I have to turn my notifications off. Cause usually I have them off all the time. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, then I'm missing people's phone calls. <laughs> 
So I had them on, but yes, that like constant ding of the phone just adds a whole nother layer to that overstimulation. Yeah. And that's such a easy, quick fix. And you can set up notifications for, let's say I have all messages turned off besides my husband, and my mom, that I only get their notifications. My all apps are turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, only like when I open the app, I can see that something's in it. I have social media off my phone. I don't have social media apps on my phone. So then there's nothing that comes in through that. Um, and then it only phone calls really like my husband or my mom or like any phone call will come through unless it's on do not disturb mode. Um, but the text message is only my husband and my mom, because if it's something urgent, people will call you. They're not going to text you. Right. And yeah. Silence all those group texts and stuff like that. Cause that's, then your brain is focusing like, Oh, I need to check my phone. I need to check my phone. And you're, you know, your son is melting down because he's having a hard time putting on his sock and you're getting all frustrated and you're yelling at him because you want to check your phone. And so it's such a like a simple fix, but it's so easy, you know, to do that. Multitasking, trying to do too many things at once, saying yes to too many things. And then you're, yeah. you know, overwhelmed. It's feeling overwhelmed because you're overcommitted, um, not asking for help, trying to do it all, having the mentality that I have to do it all, um, having the mentality, like you mentioned, it has to be a certain way, yeah. trying to do things my way. So there's a lot of things that contribute to um, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed out, but it's just knowing your triggers, what leads up to that, and how can you support yourself proactively? Do you need to shift your mindset and perspective? Do you need to set practical boundaries? Do you need to shift your perspective on asking for help and like work through the guilt and that you it you know brings up for you why do I have a hard time asking for help there's all these things that you have to encounter and to kind of overcome that it's not just like oh I'm just gonna choose to not be angry anymore like it's not like that it doesn't work like that I wish it was that easy and I have found that there's so much to it it's not just the one you're like oh I'm just not gonna yell anymore you have to rewire your brain and teach your brain to do things things differently and invite God in the process mm-hmm. and not to try to do it all on your own strength. Yeah. You know, you were talking about triggers. Is there, how do you, like, I feel like for some people, it might be easier to recognize, like, this is a trigger for me. Like, I'm like, that's where my brain goes. Like, I'm like, I I don't know. I tend to be like more like proactive. Like, I want to fix the problem. So like, when I see like my day is blow, my breakfast is blowing up because I'm becoming overwhelmed. I'm like, what was the trigger? What Mm -hmm. is triggering me? How can you, like, how do you help other moms see that trigger? Yeah, like being that self-aware. Yeah, so like the self-awareness that like happens with, Um, I think it happens with practice and oftentimes, so in my coaching program, I'll have like a training video and then I have reflection questions that you need to answer and submit to me. And in those reflection questions, we talk about like, okay, what was a triggering situation? What was going on? Like during that time, what were you feeling? Um, What time of the day was it like, and have you go through these questions that help you reflect like mm-hmm. what was going on. So then later on, you're able to, when a similar circumstance happens, you're able to think of that because in the heat of the moment, like I said, when you're feeling triggered and feeling super frustrated, the thinking part of the brain is offline. And oftentimes it's really hard to recognize it unless you're super aware and you like step back. Like in your circumstance, for example, you know, if you're not rushing to get out the door or anything, you could be like, 
um, hey kids, I need five minutes. I'm going to go to my room and I need five minutes um, to calm down because mm. I'm feeling frustrated. And you go to your room, you lay down on your bed, you close your eyes and you take some deep breaths. And then you wonder like, what is going on? What's going on with me? Why do I feel so triggered right now? Why do I feel overwhelmed? And then what can I do? Like one thing that I can do that will reduce that overwhelm. And for you, it was like, turn off the phone notifications. That's what's really agitating me right now. And like really contributing to me feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so that's a simple fix. It takes time to, and like practice to become self-reflective. It's not like, oh, just, it, it just takes practice. I think doing it outside of the moment is the best. And then over time, you'll be able to do it more in the moment. Yeah, I know it does take so much time. And I remember like, it's been such a process, you know, I'm sure you can relate to like, you know, it's not just like an overnight fix. That frustration that comes sometimes when you're like, I used to always go to like the verse in Galatians, I think Galatians, the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. um, you know, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And I would get so frustrated because I'm like, Lord, like I... I'm supposed to be patient. Like you're telling me that you're making me like kind. And like in those moments, I would get so frustrated after I would like lose my temper, you know, like, why am I not patient? Why am I not kind? And I feel like that's, that can be a big struggle for people, right? Like, why isn't it happening faster? And what it just takes a lot of commitment, I guess, right? Like that you have to make those changes. Yes. And also like, that's where like wisdom comes in. It's not, it's the same thing. Like, why am I not losing weight? I'm praying about it. I'm praying for my weight to, you know, be gone and you're not doing anything different about it. You have to kind of sit down and reflect, like, what am I doing that's contributing to Mm. my actions that are leading to me gaining weight? Like, what am I eating? What are my exercises? Like, what's my mindset? Like, what's contributing to that? Same thing, like, I had an episode, like, I'm praying for my anger to go away, but it's not going away. Well, what are you doing differently? Like, Mm. you need to sit down and reflect, like, God, reveal to me. Like, show me what I need to work on. Because... Like we are constantly growing. Like our goal is to grow into the image of Christ and to become the version of the person that he is calling us to be. And so that is like constant work in progress. It's not an overnight thing. Mm -hmm. And when you have children, they quickly bring out sides of you that you never thought you have. And they really show you clearly what you need to work on. And like you've mentioned in your podcast episodes, feeling like out of control. That's a big one. Right. And so surrendering that control and like, even, you know, some of it could be beliefs that we grew up believing. Like I grew up in a conservative Christian home and we always like were taught that kids behavior is a reflection of how you're doing as a parent. And so you feel like, Oh, I have to control my kids because what are people going to think about me? And is that true? in the Bible. No, that's not what God says. You know, like God is a perfect God and his children disobeyed, you know? Right. So it's not that. And so you have to like sit down and create that space. And that's why mornings are so good because your brain is fresh. You're able to sit down and reflect like, okay, yesterday was a really crappy day. Like what was going on? What contributed to that? What led to that? Like, Lord, help me understand, reveal to me what I need to do things differently. And if like, if you're really struggling to get there on your own, that's why there's help available. It doesn't have to be me, but like there are 
you know, counselors, there's therapy, there's coaches, there's help available for you to help you walk through that process. Because sometimes we're so emotionally clouded. It's hard. We're so emotionally like entangled in the situation. We Mm -hmm. have a hard time seeing things clearly. And, um, but yes, I think like reflecting is, is massive and just inviting God into the process and not trying to do it all on your own. Yeah. And, you know, I think you mentioning like there is help available. I think that's so important because I feel like so many women feel alone in this. Right. And not, not only do they feel alone, they feel ashamed. Right. And they don't want to even talk to their friends about it. Like I recently opened up to a couple of friends and I'm like, I don't know. I'm just dealing with this. And they're like, maybe you're overreacting. Maybe you're being too hard on yourself. And I'm like, I don't know. Let me tell you how it goes. And like really opened up and was like, this is what I said. And this is what I did today. And I'm like, I feel like that's not, that's not, I don't want to say normal. That's not, that's like a little bit over the top, you know, but like having that, those two friends that I could share that with, so we could discuss it and they could help me through it. A lot of women, we don't want to like put, open up that door, right. And admit that because we're ashamed saying that like, yes, there is help. I think is so important because I'm right there with you. Like it was my second son who is the one that like really showed me that anger, that sin that I was dealing with. You know, he was the one that triggered me. Our personalities are super similar, even since he was a baby. Like I didn't even know, you know, but like it was like my first son, easy, like piece of cake, but my second son, and we also went to counseling and it was a huge, a huge difference. And I just letting moms know like, yes, there is help. You don't have to live like this. God has more for you. Yes, for sure. There is hope for you. Staying stuck, this is exactly where the enemy wants you. Like literally, he wants you to feel shame. He wants you to feel guilt. He wants you to feel hopeless. Like your kids are going to grow up to hate you. You're never going to have a relationship with them. You know, um, this is exactly where he wants to keep you. And shame only grows in the darkness. And most moms that get on the call with me and like the clarity call to see if my program is a fit for them, they feel extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. When I ask them, Hey, how are you feeling right now? They're like very uncomfortable. This is really hard for me. And so you're not alone. You're not alone in feeling that shame, that guilt, that discomfort of seeking help, feeling like you have to be able to figure this out on your own and not being able to, and just feeling so embarrassed This is exactly where the enemy wants you. He wants you to ruin relationships with your kids. He doesn't want you to seek help. He doesn't want you to become the better version of yourself, like that one that your family needs, the one that God is calling you to be. He wants you to feel stuck and stay in this dark hole. So my friend, if you want to learn about how to overcome shame and guilt, I have an amazing training for you and I will um, share it with, with Brandy and she'll put it in the show notes, but it's five steps on breaking free from mom rage shame and how to move from guilt to grace. And like, how do you work through that when you're feeling so much shame and guilt after you overreacted with your family? Because you know, there's, there's a process to that. You can't just be like, Oh, I just want to snap out of it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like that. You have to understand like what's leading to that. And that I just want you to remember that you're a good mom. You were chosen out of all the women in the world to be your children's mom. You were meant to do this. You're just struggling and you need some help. There's hope for you. 
what do you think is the next step? We can connect with you, right? Uh, you have amazing resources. You have that free resource. You have your coaching. If I would say like listening to this podcast, and if you have time to either tonight to sit down and reflect, or you can um, tomorrow morning, sit down and reflect and just sit in journal through like, Hey, mm. like asking yourself question, like, like, am I moving towards the person that I want to become? And the one that God is calling me to be like, am I growing into that type of mom that I want my kids to be? And if not, like, what can I do differently? What needs to happen? Do I need to have a conversation with my husband asking him for more support? Do I need to um, release some of the negative mindset? Like you can listen to free podcasts. Like I have a free podcast that you can listen to. And, you know, Brandy has a great podcast as well. There's a lot of great mindset, you know, um, do I need to surround myself with support and pray for friendships that God mm -hmm. will provide for women? Like as God, what is the next step to do? Yes. I think just creating that space for yourself to sit down and reflect and be like, I know that what I'm doing is not working. It's not working. Yeah. And God guide me into the right direction. What do I need to do differently? Because this is not how I want to live my motherhood. I don't want to look back at my kid's childhood and regret the kind of mom I was showing up for them. I want to look back at their childhood and say, you know what? I actually did the best I could. And I'm proud of the way I showed up for my family. Yeah. There's so much hope in that. You know, the difference between like condemnation and conviction, you know, that hope that like God, God has more for you that he promises us so much in the Bible, right? Love, peace, patience, like all of these things. And it's so hopeful. And that's, that's conviction, right? The Lord, when you feel that, like, that, like, Ooh, I messed up. You know, that can be conviction where we take the next step. The Lord will lead you in the next step, or we can sit there in condemnation. Like I'm never going to be able to change, you know, and that's the difference between, you know, the enemy, enemy's way and God's way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause God doesn't shame you into becoming a better person. You know, he, he does convict you though, because there is, and like in my training about um, guilt and shame that I mentioned in there, I talk about the difference between destructive guilt you know, the one that is not leading to anything good, like, and then there's like the shame and then, and then there's convicting guilt. That's the one that like, what I did was wrong and it was sinful. So what am I going to do about that? Yeah. How am I going to, you know, there's like the practical things that you need to do. And then there's the spiritual things where you surrender to God mm -hmm. and invite him into the process and, you know, give up to him only what he can do. You know, that's, it's a combination of both and you can't just try to do one or the other. Yeah. Awesome. Elizabeth. So where can my listeners find you, your podcast, your website, all the things. Yeah, so I do have Emotionally Healthy Legacy podcast. If you're on a podcast platform right now, you can search for that. And I have that free resource for you that I will you can put in the show notes. And it's um, how to move from guilt to grace and five steps to break free from mom rage shame. It's a free training that comes with a PDF workbook. And it's exactly working on shame and guilt that you experience specifically after a rage episode. Awesome. All right. Let me just close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the work that Elizabeth is doing, helping moms. And we just pray for our, all of the women listening, the ones that, that are feeling either conviction or condemnation, Lord, 
that they that they will just take the steps to really live in your hope, that they, they realize that your Holy Spirit just comes over them and comforts them and lets them know that there is hope with you, Lord, that they don't have to stay stuck in this and that there is a way out and that you will help them, that there are other people to help them, that Elizabeth can help them. Lord, let them feel your hope and your goodness. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.